Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and I'm excited about what I think may be the next big thing in anti-inflammatory supplements, a brand new, all-natural daily preventative against a host of possible inflammatory issues. Black for Health Liquid Extract from Future Farm Botanicals. Black for Health combines four plant-based foods, black garlic, black radish root, black cumin seed, and black peppercorn containing high levels of body-ready healing botanicals. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, and weight management, circulation, and immunity. It's a tasty supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information or to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuture. Farm, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Mutin, who is our nutritionist in residence. It is our weekly Q&A with Layla, and you can send questions to radioprogram at AOL.com, radioprogram at AOL.com. And so let's repeat our next question. Uh, this comes from Douglas. Douglas writes, What foods must I avoid when I have shingles, and what can I do to hasten the resolution of this condition? Yeah, we see more and more people getting shingles. And it's, uh, it's one of the herpes viruses. It's a herpes zoster. It's a kind of a residue of the chicken pox, if right. we may call it that, which rears its head under... Typically in people over the age of 50 and under times of stress. Mm-hmm. And there are certain foods that contain a lot of arginine that would feed the virus. The high arginine-containing foods specifically are nuts, chocolate, sorry chocolate lovers, uh, anything sweet, anything that will suppress your, your immunity that way, eating too many refined carbohydrates and sugars and things like that. But there are certain other Foods. There are certain vegetables, even grains, that have a lot of arginine. Mm. Corn. Corn mm. is a grain. Mm-hmm. Brussels sprouts. Wow. The nice cruciferous vegetable. Yeah. So but that doesn't arginine, mean... arginine can, can be good for you because it is a yes. uh, it generates nitric oxide. That's true. That's absolutely true. Yeah, so and we need arginine. It right. is an essential amino acid, especially in infants, which is interesting. It's ten for infants. It's nine for the rest of us as we get older. Oh, okay. That's but hard. arginine is is uh, is uh, is essential. So the most important thing is I don't want you to stop eating Brussels sprouts or eating nuts or the dark chocolate you may enjoy. You want to take some lysine mm-hmm. so that you change the ratio. The ratio yeah. You want more lysine than arginine. So mm-hmm. if you're eating foods that are high in arginine, say you've had some corn with your lobster and you've had a chocolate dessert, you've had some Brussels sprouts as a side dish with your lobster and your corn, that could be a lot of arginine, right? Mm-hmm. Take a little additional lysine. How, how much on. would you recommend for it? Yeah. Oh, just 500, maybe two, maybe three times a day just for mm-hmm. maintenance. Right. And if you're eating now, a lot of nuts, a lot of people I'm not sure this is applicable to, to all viruses, though. That's true. Because I think it's just the, uh, uh, the herpes family, yes. of which there are several. There's uh, Epstein-Barr, which is a yes. herpes virus. There's uh, HHV-6. Mm-hmm. Uh, so several common viruses mm-hmm. are in the herpes family, yeah. uh, including the chickenpox virus. Yeah. But um, 
Uh, and then, of course, herpes one and two—the you know, the actual herpes. Yes. Um, yes. The you know genital herpes and mm-hmm. oral herpes that causes mm-hmm. cold sores. So mm-hmm. those I think are particularly responsive to the arginine lysine ratio. Yes. But I'm not sure that you're going to get a lot of mileage with say COVID. Oh you know, yeah. Or exactly. HIV with this strategy. Yeah. This I'm not sure. I I just don't. I think it's less applicable. Right. Right. No. This is specifically for herpes shingles, that type of thing. So, Douglas, that's what you do. But anybody who has an outbreak of shingles, it's in my article. Go, go to your oh, yeah. healthcare practitioner. I am all Don't for, just take the amount of lysine I'm, we're talking about here. I'm all here. for medication. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what's terrible is the post-herpetic neuralgia. Yeah, yeah. I know several people who had a shingles outbreak on their face, and now are are plagued yeah. by the residual pain yeah. even years later. Right. Even years later. And so the medications are acyclovir, famvir. Uh, these are standard medications mm-hmm. for treatment of herpes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's also the vaccine. The newer vaccine is called Shingrix. Yeah. And it's pretty effective vaccine as opposed to the Zostavax, which was less effective previously. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just issued a warning on Shingrix that it can cause GBS, Guillain-Barre syndrome. Which is frightening. Which, But with all vaccines almost. That's true. I don't think there's a single vaccine that doesn't That doesn't rarely do that, which cause, is a frightening condition. Yeah, it's, it is it is a, um, you know, paralysis kind of condition. Which starts in the extremities and works its way centrally. Yeah. Meaning you could wind up on a ventilator. That's the worst case right. of GBS. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's, it's wow. all about the risk-benefit equation, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, I think they're encouraging all adults over 60 to take the Shingrix. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Good point which to pause. Ah. Because we want to allow one of our sponsors this opportunity to share a vital message with you. So here goes. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Protocol for Life Balance, offering a wide range of professional-grade products using ingredients backed by strong scientific research. Among them... Several stand out which can help support your body's healthy detoxification process, including liver detox support, NAC, chlorophyll, and DIM plus CDG. This suite of products aids in the elimination of certain environmental toxins from the body, supports healthy cellular reproduction cycles and liver function, and promotes healthy hormone metabolism. They're backed by solid scientific data and available now at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. Of course, they are what makes this show go. They are responsible for helping us to deliver information to you on a free basis. So we like that. Um, we have a question from Kathy. My 79-year-old mother-in-law was just put on alendronate for osteoporosis. Is that actinol? Yep. Yeah, it's actinol, right? So for osteoporosis. The side effects look bad, including eating away the jaw. Necrosis yeah, that's of the osteonecrosis jaw. of the jaw. Yeah. yeah. Could R- she, again, rare, you know, rarely, but it's a pretty devastating yeah, side effect. Yeah. yeah. Could she do strontium, K2, D3, and others, totally. CBD, to totally. replace that? Well, instead it, of taking... it depends. You know, so I'm not going to offer an opinion on this case. Of course not. Uh, yeah. But in many cases, depending on the circumstances... You don't have to go directly to drugs. You can afford to try 
yes. a natural approach mm-hmm. for a couple of years, repeated DEXA, and see if it's working. And we've, you know, this is one of our fortes is that uh, many patients come to us with osteoporosis being told that they need medication and we're able to reverse it naturally. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the things that she mentioned strontium, vitamin D, vitamin K, yes. uh, olive leaf extract is also, uh, you know, some supports uh, ammonium. Yeah. Formulas that contain calcium, boron, iproflavone, you know, these are the mainstays of our approach. Yeah. Uh, Ostera, which has got hops in it. Yes. It slows down the rapid turnover of bone, which is Mm -hmm. important, which is kind of a hallmark of osteoporosis. The NTX shows whether there's a rapid turnover. Yep. Yep. uh, That's a urine test. Uh, Kathy, thank you for for your question. Best of luck to your mother-in-law. 79 years young. We have three questions on COVID. Right. Bring it on. This is from Lorraine. I already had COVID and have antibodies, so why do I have to get vaccinated with something that hasn't been tested enough to be safe? Well, that's another unclear thing, is that we are seeing, you know, as time goes on, people who've had COVID Mm -hmm. getting COVID again. Yes. And so uh, it's, it's not common. Yeah. But it is concerning, is that the natural immunity may wane, mm-hmm. and also the newer variants of the virus may elude the immunity that people acquired to the previous variants. Yeah. So, you know, that's, and, and you know, it's very controversial. Um, yeah. It's also, one strategy that's being adopted in Europe is they say, okay, um, let's square off the middle here on this. Um, it's not... Do you or don't you need the vaccine? Just take one because you'll get a little boost in your immunity. Yeah. And it's also the concern is that uh, in people who've already had it, you may get a more uh, severe vaccine reaction because your body sees something that they've already seen before ah. twice, you know, on the, on the second vaccine shot. Uh-huh. You know, so you've seen it in a natural infection. You've seen it with one vaccine. And then you get another vaccine. It's already the third time around. And your body's saying, say what? Yeah. And it's like fever to 103 and body aches and, you know, you feel tremendous malaise. Yeah. Yeah. From Dennis, he has another question. Hi, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. The latest concern I've been hearing about the COVID vaccine is that it migrates away from the injection site. Can you explain why anyone would expect it to not migrate away and why this would be a concern? Aren't injected drugs meant to travel throughout the body? Not necessarily, uh, because uh, you can get an immune response from a relatively superficial injection because uh, the immune system is alerted to the presence of something. Yeah. And you don't have to inject it into the blood. You know, otherwise, they'd give it to you IV. Yeah. They would put it into a vein, you know, like an IV. Yes. And that would travel you know, rapidly to all parts of your body. So they actually want to put it under the skin. Uh, look, it's so many people are given shots that there's probably a lot of variability in how the shots are being administered. Some people are given a little skin pop, and some people are going real deep into the muscle tissue, you know, and it varies the, the composition of some people have a lot of fat. 
Yeah. And you don't really get to the muscle tissue. The needle's only so long. Yeah. You know, so we're probably seeing a mixed experiment in terms of the way it's administered. And some of the uh, material is traveling to uh, other parts of the body. That isn't necessarily bad. That may be good because, you know, it, parts of the body that get affected are, you know, deep within the body and mm -hmm. not, you know, superficial. So yeah. you want it maybe to get to your lungs. But if you get an immune, a systemic immune reaction, it should be the blood circulates and it should send the immune cells wherever they're needed. Yeah. So, you know, is it that hypothetically, if you're putting spike protein RNA into your, I don't know, your, your kidneys or into your, uh, in the case of pregnant uh, women or, you know, younger women into their ovaries. Yeah. You know, that's the concern is that's where they, they, they're trying to, freak people out is like, oh, it's going to go to your ovaries. It's going to like make you infertile. Well, there's no, that's theoretically possible, but we haven't demonstrated that. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's making a lot of moms concerned about giving this to their 17 year old daughters. Sure. And let alone maybe, younger children. Maybe we need longer term studies to see because, you know, you give a 17 year old, um, uh, the shot in most cases it's going to take a while before that that person wants to have kids yeah yeah you know yeah. so you know is there mm -hmm. uh, long-term adverse effects I mean hypothetically maybe and there's some scary theorizing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we don't really know okay it hasn't been seen yet yeah it I don't think been, it's been seen I mean, right. you... third COVID question this is from Susan uh, I received the results of my semi-quantitative COVID-19 antibody test. My result was positive with a number of 310. Do you know what this number means in terms of the level of my immunity? The test does not specify. I don't know what the threshold is. But I yeah. think the threshold is exceeded with 310. I think it, it suggests think so. that one has um, uh, antibodies. Yes, yes. I've had COVID-19 in January 2021 with the relatively mild cold-like experience, I did lose my sense of taste, but I've regained most of it. You also lose it with a cold, but anyway. I am a healthy 57-year-old female, 135 pounds. I've not taken the COVID vaccine because I feel like I'm already protected. I took the antibody test so that if I could confirm this and feel confident in my natural immunity. I think you can yeah. feel fairly confident that you have detectable antibodies. Yeah. The problem is... How uh, long will they last? How long will they last? But there are other, there are other arms in the immune system that are not as readily me measured. So the yeah. T cells mm -hmm. um, have um, memory that can last a lifetime. Ah. And so and we that's don't really the T-detect right. test? Yeah. Right. So that might be a more useful test than... Yeah. The, the, uh I've ordered that test. I haven't seen any results. I don't know what's what's coming up the works, whether people found That's it. That's right. You have ordered. I don't remember seeing any results either uh, for it. Yeah. Is it too expensive? Is it not covered by insurance? It's, mm. you know, that whole thing. Okay. Susan, thank you for your very thoughtful question. All right. This is from Karen. Dear Dr. Hoppen and Layla, I recently had a consult at a prestigious medical center regarding my large uterine fibroids. I seem to be in menopause, according to my blood work. The gynecological oncologist recommends an abdominal hysterectomy and very strongly recommends removal of my ovaries since 1 in 70 women get ovarian cancer 
and that there is no cure for it, and because my great aunt had breast cancer. Well, you know, it, it pays your money and you takes your chances. You, yeah. You know, 69, if they do a hysterectomy on 70 women, uh, 69 will have an unnecessary hysterectomy. Yeah. But one yeah. will have their life yeah. saved, potentially. Yeah. So for, that looks pretty good from the standpoint of the gynecologist, but the gynecologist is yeah. not having his or her ovaries removed. Exactly. She said that once your ovaries have stopped functioning, they no longer confer com- uh, protection regarding heart disease not, or osteoporosis. Not quite true. Is this true? No. I thought our ovaries help us for five years after menopause. It's not quite true. There, there are sort of low levels of certain uh, hormones produced. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's not quite true. Yeah. Uh, but, um, okay. you know, it, I, hope, I hate this whole idea of like, you know, you've had your kids, your menopause, your organs, your, your ovaries are just superfluous. You don't need right. them anymore. You don't right. need them anymore. Let's, no, they have a little bit mm-hmm. of efficacy. Let's castrate you anyway. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. That, castrate? That's the equivalent. Right. Remove is castration. Right. Okay. All right. I just wanted to be clear on that. Well, it, it yeah, I mean, it's a, okay. And and uh, you know, animals that are overectomized, they tend to they tend to gain weight. They tend mm-hmm. to become you know sort of pudgy. Okay, that's interesting. All right, Karen, thank you for your very very thoughtful question. All right. Oh, this is from Monica. Dr. Hoffman, I was diagnosed with HER positive breast this is cancer. Just a comment on that. Yeah. You know, just, it occurs to me that I just saw a patient who was one of the patients I saw within the first five years that I practiced. Yeah. When I was in my um, 30s. And uh, she, I was practicing in a brownstone on the Upper West Side. She recalled that to me. And I, re- I remembered her. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, what I went through with her is I went through a very, very... Um, challenging process. She had very big fibroids, very big fibroids, and they wanted to do a hysterectomy. And she was bleeding, and she was very anemic, and uh, she found in me an advocate for um, not getting a hysterectomy. Uh, that we would, you know, monitor her, and that we would give her a dietary approach, and we would, you know, do whatever it took to get her through that. Yeah. And she came back to me recently. I just we saw her a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and. She said, well, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're the only one who stood up for me because everybody said I needed a hysterectomy. And, you know, and then I went through menopause and I'm, I'm fine. Terrific. And, you know, as a result of you, I changed my diet. I got really healthy. I take supplements. And she's been doing yeah. it ever since. Um, so, Terrific. Yeah. Terrific. Wow. So this is from Monica. Dear Dr. Hoffman, I was diagnosed with HER positive breast cancer. In September of 2017, Monica is 75 and had a prophylactic double, radical double mastectomy. I take tamoxifen, could not tolerate postmenopausal recommendations. Just say that again. What what are her markers? Uh, No, she took prophylactically. She had a double, uh, radical double mastectomy. Was she BRCA something? No, she was HER, HER positive breast cancer. Okay. Age 75. At age 75. So she had a radical double mastectomy and now is taking tamoxifen and mushroom tinctures, vitamin C, green tea, pomegranate, okay. CoQ10. Monica wants to know if she can take NAD or is it dangerous? I don't think there's any reason to believe that NAD promotes cancer. 
Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's certain. Here, it's a it is related to a B vitamin, it's nicotinamide yeah. riboside, yeah. and we don't actually like high dose B vitamins because they might be a growth factor for cells. I thought it was particularly folate. Well, which is cancer prevention on mm, one hand, and, and, but yes, on the other hand, yep. if you have an established cancer, yeah, there was recently a study that vindicated folate in colon cancer. Mm. You know that it didn't promote. You know, colon cancer. Okay, okay. But, um, yeah. What is the other B vitamins? B12, maybe, you know, something you don't want to, like, max out on, maybe. Okay. Um, Okay. Potentially. I mean, there's some things that may act as worth it. Uh, Yeah, I I think it's okay. Yeah, taking NAD. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the other thing. She -hmm. just had all the breast tissue removed. Yeah. She had a pretty good, pretty small likelihood of getting... Recurrence of breast cancer unless they right. left something behind. Yeah. So go for it. Go for it. I mean, there you, go. you went through this, 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 you know, you're not trying to, you don't have any at-risk breast tissue anymore. Mm-hmm. So you, you went through this arduous, aggressive treatment. Yes. Which, is, by the way, is not, you know, uh, it, it's not uh, the only way to go with this. I mean, a more conservative thing would have been to remove the tumor and, you know, give her the... The you know the HR two blocker mm-hmm. of which there are medications. She's saving tamoxifen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, okay. All right. We've got a question from Lori. She writes greetings from Florida. Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, heartfelt thanks for generously sharing your guiding light, wisdom, experience, and sense of humor. Your podcasts are presented in such a down to earth manner, and I love learning from you and sharing your information. Thank you, Lori. Great. That's, that's, yeah. that's so what we're trying to do. Yeah. It is time for my next colonoscopy, and I would appreciate your guidance about what to do afterwards. What is the best way to reestablish the microbiome? I usually take a soil-based probiotic. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, there is an organ that's designed to help us do that, and that is the appendix. Yeah. That's actually now thought... The people say, why, that, why an appendix? Yeah. Is, it, is it like... You know, the, uh, like a throwback, an evolutionary throwback, like a vestigial like, organ. Like a tail. Like a tail. We, we used to have. Or like, you know, some people yeah. have uh, like a supernumerary nipple, you know, yeah. extra nipples, you know. That yeah. Are like, uh, so, uh, it, like, is it a throwback to when we were, uh, you know, whatever, uh, yeah. monkeys or something. But uh, there's a purpose for it. It is the reservoir that keeps certain bacteria present to reseed the intestine uh, after a bout of food poisoning, which is what we encountered frequently in the wild. You know, Did we, we even know this 20 years ago or no, even 10 years ago? No. Wow. No. This is, this is actually... So there is a point to the appendix. Yeah. So it, it's not like, oh, you got to... Oh, it's like... Oh, sometimes... I, what they used to do is they said they'd give you like a twofer special, like... Okay, we're going to do a hysterectomy on you. And while we did it, you know, we, we took out your appendix anyway. Cause so you'll we, never have appendicitis. Right. It's like, we just went, we're in there we're anyway. We're in there, let's do that. Yeah, let's just take it out. A little remodel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Just get rid of that. You snip, snip. But no, there is a purpose to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, but the, as to replenishing, I prefer something uh, milder, more natural, like uh, Dr. Hira's probiotics. Mm. I'm still a fan of that. Instead um, of the soil based, soil based is 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 very can be very effective, but soil based is a little uh, harsh, and sometimes the species in the soil based take over 
and they become the predominant species, and they're a little bit... Um, it's like eating dirt. Unnatural. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we all do, unless we're really antiseptic about our foods. Exactly. We get a little bit of the sure. the bacteria that's present in dirt. You know, I pull the cucumber from my garden, I rinse it off, and I eat it. I know, but it, it in natural, in our evolution, yeah. you know, we didn't have hot running water and, you know, soap. Right. You know, so... Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we ate soil-based organisms, uh-huh. but uh, to deliberately introduce them, I don't think that the data on that is that uh, mm-hmm. robust in terms of the health benefits or safety. But I'm not a fan of SBOs. Right, 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 right. And uh, uh, when she says it's time for my next colonoscopy, I would appreciate your guidance on what to do afterwards. Wouldn't it also depend on the results of that colonoscopy? Well, it does, yeah. Sure, of certainly, right? But, but I mean, yeah. as an alternative, All I, I don't considered. know what her situation is, but I think you can also use the Cologuard test if you've had a series of, of normal colonoscopies, unless you're high risk or unless polyps were found previously uh, or you have a first-degree relative who has colon cancer. Yeah. Then the, the um, Cologuard, which is advertised on TV, uh, is a pretty satisfactory proxy for... Um, your interval colonoscopy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for routine screening colonoscopy. Right, right, instead of something so invasive, mm-hmm. right. Okay. Okay, Lori, thank you for that very thoughtful question. Okay. Okay, well, that's all the time that we have. So i uh, got a couple questions in the mailbag, but uh, we need yes. more questions for next week, so very likely your questions will be read aloud and answered on next week's edition of Q&A with Layla. So until then... Thank you very much. Radio program at AOL.com, place to send questions. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. And thank you, Layla. Thank you. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile friendly site, It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com, drhoffmanstore.com.